Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we tell the story of Kara Bergman, a 19-year-old young woman who was found dead on September 3rd, 2018. Kara, who was from California, had moved to Arizona to be with her boyfriend, but a few months later, she disappeared. Her boyfriend denied knowing what happened to her, but a few weeks after searching for her, her body was found by the side of a highway 50 miles from where she lived she had been murdered. Suspicion immediately fell on her boyfriend, but four years after her murder, her family is still awaiting justice that they may never get. What really happened to Kara when she disappeared on August 4th, 2018? And who is responsible for her murder? This is Kara's story. I came across Kara's story while I was doing research for another story, and When I first saw her name and picture, I thought it was a story that I hadn't heard before. But when I looked at some more photos, I realized that I did remember Kira's story. I remember when she went missing. I saw it on social media, but I never knew what happened to her or all the things that happened after she was found. When Kira was murdered four years ago, her family had been in a fight to make sure that the person responsible for killing their daughter and sister paid for what they did. And they were so close to getting justice. But just a few weeks ago, they saw that justice slip right through their fingers. Kira was born on July 18, 1999 in San Diego, California. But she grew up in El Cajon, California, where she lived with her mom, dad, and her little sister. Her mom, Kirsten, said that Kira was a strong personality from the moment that she was born. She said that as a baby, she was happy and always smiling. And as she grew up, it was clear that Kara wouldn't be a softball player like her mom was. She was way more into fashion and hair. But her family said that she was also really silly and artistic, and she loved to sing. After graduating from high school in 2017, Kara wanted to pursue her dream career of doing hair and makeup. And she ended up getting a grant for cosmetology school. It was a big deal for her because... Doing hair had always been a passion. But Kirsten, her mom, said that her daughter didn't just want to do hair in a fancy salon. She also wanted to give back. Her family said that she had a big heart, and one of the things that Kira wanted to do was to do hair for free and give haircuts to homeless people. Kirsten told ABC10 in San Diego that, quote, 
Her dream was to at least once or twice a month go to the homeless and do their hair and makeup, make them feel better about themselves. At 18 years old, a lot of people have no idea what they want to do with their lives, but Kiera knew. And she had a plan that at that point in her life was going as scheduled. She had a job and she was going to school. Her family said that she was doing really well and she was happy. But in November 2017, when Kiera met a man named John Clark, everything changed. Kira and John had met on Tinder after a friend of hers had set up a profile for her. Now, I know I told you guys this before, but the whole dating app thing is something that I know absolutely nothing about. I've never been on a dating app, but I know, especially nowadays, it's a very common way for people to meet. And the pandemic had increased people's use of these apps. And I know that people find love on these apps and safely use them to meet new people. I'm pretty sure that if I was single right now, I would probably give it a try. But back in 2017, Tinder had just exploded in popularity. And within two years, it had gained 50 million users. So clearly, it was popular. And so there's no wonder that an 18-year-old and her friends might use the app to meet boys. Now, John was 22 years old when he met Kira and they began dating. At the time, he was living in California, too, but he was originally from Phoenix, Arizona. Now, at first, it seemed like the couple had a normal relationship. She told her family that he was a nice guy and that she really liked him. But soon, Kira's family began to notice a change in her. In an article in Impact magazine, Kirsten recalled the first time that she met John and said there was something about him that she just didn't like. She also couldn't understand why a 22-year-old would want to be with an 18-year-old. And a mother's intuition is real, but you can't stop an adult from dating someone just because they gave you a bad feeling. But what Kirsten was feeling about John didn't go away. And in the months following her daughter meeting him, she watched as John tried to isolate Kira from her life more and more. And according to Kirsten he began controlling Kira. Within months, Kira had placed her cell phone in John's name, something her parents didn't agree with. Kirsten told Impact that, quote, before she met him, she was doing good. She had a good job. She had her own cell phone, her own life. She had her own car. Then she got with him and all those things started to go away. He started controlling everything. Kira's parents were worried about her, but at least she was close to home where they could keep an eye on her. But in March 2018, Kira dropped out of cosmetology school and told her parents that she was moving to Arizona with John. She told them that John wanted to go back home and she was going with him. Kirsten did not want Kira moving to Arizona, especially not with John. She was worried about her daughter being so far away, and she was afraid that something bad was going to happen to her. But she couldn't stop her from leaving. And she did have a friend from high school that lived down there, but other than that, Kira didn't know anybody in Arizona. They were already feeling like Kira was being isolated from them, and so I'm sure they feared that this move would make that worse. Within four months of meeting John, Kira had dropped out of school and was moving to a different state to be with him. 
Once in Arizona, however, the couple's relationship began to fall apart. They had gotten an apartment together, but when they first moved to Arizona, neither of them had a job. Kirsten said in her interview with Impact that John pressured Kira to take out a title loan on her car so that they could buy furniture. She said that John then took the money, but he never bought any furniture. She also said that he cut off the phones that were in his name. Quote, once she got to Arizona, he canceled their cell phones, so she no longer had a cell phone line. The only way we could talk to her was through Facebook Messenger or Instagram messaging. Eventually, Kiera did get a job working at a leasing company, but John never did get a job. And within weeks of being in Arizona, Kiera and John broke up. Her friend Destiny was the one living in Arizona at the time, and so Kiera moved in with her. For her family, the news of the breakup was good news. Their hope was that Kira had finally realized that John was not good for her and that she was ready to get back to who she was before she met him. And for a few weeks after she told her family the relationship was over, it did seem like that was the case. But a month after they broke up, Kira called her family to tell them that her and John were back together. Her family couldn't understand why, but Kira said that John had changed, and so she was going to give the relationship another chance. John ended up moving into the apartment that Kira was sharing with Destiny, and soon his controlling behavior started again. And Kirsten said that she began to talk to her daughter less and less. Kirsten had plenty of reasons to be concerned about her daughter, and one of those concerns was something that Kira had confided in her a few months before, that John scammed people and that he had been arrested before and was currently on probation. So Kristen knew that those were seedy things about John and that meant to her that he wasn't really a good person. But young and in love, Kira had her blinders on. And so despite everything her family was saying, she made excuses for John. She wanted to be with him. The distance between Kira and her family had grown. Her father told Still a Mystery during an episode that they did in 2020 about Kira's case that in the months prior to her disappearance, that they had had a falling out and he hadn't spoken to her at all. After her move to Arizona, her family had only seen her twice. John had to return to California to deal with his probation and Kira would go with him. On the last visit to California, her mom and sister recalled in their Impact interview that they had gone out to eat with Kira and John. Her sister said that they got into some kind of argument at dinner about what Kira was going to order from the menu. Kirsten said that it was clear that they were going to get what John wanted, and she watched as her daughter's whole demeanor changed. After that, Kira returned to Arizona, and... It was the last time that her family would see her. August 4th, 2018, Kiera went to work at the leasing company where she was an employee. Destiny also worked at the same place, and so they had gone to work together that day. However, at some point while Kira was at work, she had a FaceTime conversation with John that turned into an argument. It's not known what they were arguing about, but Whatever it was had upset Kira, and she decided to leave work early. However, 
John was the person who picked her up. He said that he picked her up from her job at around 10.30 a.m. because she wasn't feeling well and that they went back to the apartment. But once they got back, they started arguing again. According to John, he told Kara that he wanted to move to Texas to live with his aunt, and she got angry about that, and so they argued, and she left the apartment at about 1 p.m. 57 minutes later, Destiny said that she received the text from Kara's phone, and the text said that her phone was about to die, but that she was done with John. She then said that she had met a guy a few days ago at a store and that she asked him to pick her up. So she was at his house chilling. The text ended saying that she would call when she got a charger, but to make sure that John leaves. Now, the message was strange to Destiny. I mean, Kira wasn't the type to meet a strange man and then go over to his house. Also, the message wasn't written how Kira usually texts. But that message was the last communication from Kira's phone. She never returned home that night or the next day. On August 6th, it had been two days since Kira was last seen, and she did not come home and she did not show up for work. And so at that point, Destiny knew it was time to call Kira's parents and tell them what was going on. At around noon on August 6th, Kirsten said she got a call from Destiny. And Destiny tells her that Kira hasn't been home and she hasn't spoken to her. Her parents were shocked. I mean, they obviously had no idea that no one had spoken to Kira in two days. But they were also really scared. When Destiny told them about the text, they didn't think that they came from Kira. According to Kirsten, her daughter was not going to just leave with a man and cut off communication, so something was wrong. Now, after speaking to Kira's parents, they all agreed that Destiny should file a missing persons report. And so that day, Kira was reported missing to the Phoenix Police Department. After Kira's family spoke to Destiny, they then got in their car and drove to Glendale. They continued to call her phone, but by then, Kira's phone had been turned off and it was going straight to voicemail. Her panicked family had no idea what happened to her, but they knew that her phone going straight to voicemail was not a good sign. Her younger sister said that, quote, I was confused and in denial. The whole time we were there, I was hoping it was a misunderstanding and that she was going to show up. But sadly, it wasn't a misunderstanding. Kiara didn't show up. She was missing. At that point, her family was hopeful that she would be found soon. But as the days went on, that hope faded. And a month later, their worst nightmare would come true. I really regret not taking French in high school. And if you're like me, there's a foreign language out there that you regret not learning in school. It's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can finally cross learning that new language off your list. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. 
so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your first subscription when you go to babbel.com slash girlgone. That's babbel.com slash girlgone for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On August 4th, 2018, Kara Bergman left work after a fight with her boyfriend. He picked her up from her job, but said that she left their apartment after they got into another argument. Shortly after he said she left, Kara's friend received a strange text from her saying that she was at the home of a man that she had recently met at a store. But no one heard from or saw Kara again. Two days after she vanished, her friend filed a missing persons report, and the search for Kiara began. After contacting the police to file a missing persons report, Destiny told police about the text message that she received two days before from Kiara. The text and the fact that Kiara was a 19-year-old woman at first made police suspect that maybe she had just left on her own. The text message did leave the impression that she was somewhere voluntarily, but her family knew that that wasn't true. The last person to see her was John, who was at the apartment when Destiny called police. But before police arrived to take the report, John had left and gone to a friend's house, according to the Huffington Post. In an exclusive interview that John did with the news outlet, he said that he had left the apartment before police arrived, but it was only because he was staying with a friend. Now, once police did speak to John, he told them about the last time that he saw Kiara, but he denied having anything to do with her disappearance. But by that time, Kiara's family was convinced that John knew more and knew something about where Kiara was. When investigators speak to them, they tell them about John and Kira's relationship and their concerns about his behavior in the months and weeks before Kira disappeared. And what her family told them made the police suspicious of John. And so 
they did begin to take a closer look at him and his relationship with Kira. Now, while police did that, Kira's family had begun an all-out search for her. They created flyers and passed them out all over Glendale and the Phoenix area. And they also turned to social media. Her sister created a Facebook page to share information, and they established a GoFundMe to help with their search efforts. On August 10th, four days after she was reported missing, her family held a vigil back in her hometown, and the local news was there to cover the story. Thanks to her family, Kiara's story quickly spread, and the local news outlets in Arizona and California were talking about her disappearance. But as word spread about Kiara's disappearance, so did people's suspicion of John. A few days after she vanished, on Monday, August 13th, John was taken into the station and asked to take a lie detector test. He told the HuffPost that he had been staying at a hotel, and when he went to check out, he was surrounded by, quote, 20 tactical officers who then placed him in handcuffs and took him in for questioning. John said that he was being treated like a suspect. During an interview that aired on August 16th with Arizona Central, John said this. I was surrounded by about 20 police officers. They told me that they had a court order to bring me down and speak with me. But from the moment that they encountered me, um, they pretty much treated me like a suspect. They had me in handcuffs. They put me in the back of the car. Um, They drove me down to the station. When I was in the interview room, I was handcuffed to the table. And they let me go that night. I'm not in connection with anything. And then since then, her family still wants to put blame on me and still wants to accuse me and say negative things about me in regards to everything. I just feel like her family is kind of just looking for someone to blame and someone to bring them answers or someone to just bring conclusion to everything. And then since I am her boyfriend and I I was the last one to be with her, she was, her mom mainly just really wants to blame me for everything. I had nothing to do with anything that's going on. I love Kira with all my heart. I want her to come home. Please come home, Kira. I love you. At this point, Kira's family had made it pretty clear that they believed that John was involved or at least knew more than he was saying. And the tension between John and her family was obvious. The Tuesday after she was reported missing, John sent a Facebook message to Kira's dad, where John angrily accused him and Kira's mom for being the reason why she wanted to move to Arizona in the first place. He alleged that she had told him things about her dad that made him, quote, want to kick his teeth in, but that he didn't out of respect for Kira. He defends himself throughout the messages and claims that he has never been disrespectful to any of them. He ends the text saying, quote, So like I told Kirsten, all of you guys better have the same effing energy when Kira comes back because we are going to spend the rest of our lives together and I'm going to remember all this shit you guys are saying and accusing me of. John had admitted to the HuffPost that Police had gotten a search warrant for his phone, car, and the place where he had been staying. He also said that they had spoke to his family and friends. But despite his pleas of innocence, it didn't change the mind of those who loved Kira. The same week that John's interview appeared in the media, police had executed a warrant on his vehicle. And while they didn't find anything to connect him to Kira's disappearance— 
they did find 20 ID cards belonging to different people. Investigators said that they found numerous items with personal identification information as well as forgery items. John was arrested that day and booked into the local jail. Now, when asked about Kara's disappearance, the investigators would only say that they now believe that foul play was involved in whatever had happened to her. Now, John's arrest was good news for her family, but they still didn't know where Kara was, and so his arrest did not help them get those answers. Even before police released a statement concerning foul play, it had become clear that Kira had not just left on her own. Back at the apartment that she shared with John and Destiny, investigators had found Kira's purse thrown in the back of her closet. And inside were personal items like her cards and ID. The only thing that was missing was her cell phone, which was now dead. Now, while John remained in jail, the search for Kira continued. But on September 3rd, nearly a month to the day that she was last seen, the search for Kiara came to a heartbreaking end. About 50 miles from Glendale in a deserted area in Buckeye, Arizona, a cyclist riding down the highway found a partially clothed, decomposing body. When police arrived at the scene, they were unable to identify who the person was because of the advanced decomposition. But once they brought the body to the medical examiner, it was determined that the body belonged to Kira. Her family was devastated. Their worst nightmare had come true, and Kira was dead. When her body was autopsied, the cause of death wasn't able to be determined, but the manner of death was ruled as homicide. And once investigators learned that Kira's death was a homicide, they immediately went to speak to John. Now, he told police that he was familiar with the area where her body was found, but once they told them that they had found Kara's remains, John asked for a lawyer. One week after Kara's body was found, police announced that they were charging John with her murder. On September 11, 2018, Investigators announced that they had gathered enough evidence through bank records, cell phone data, and witness statements to secure a warrant for John's arrest. Police alleged that on the day that Kira went missing, that her cell phone data put her and John inside the apartment at the time that the text message about being at a guy's house was sent to Destiny. And both of their phones were connected to the internet router inside the apartment. Now, John had told investigators previously that Kira had left the apartment at about 1 p.m., but the data was telling a different story. Investigators said that shortly after the text was sent from Kira's phone, John went to an ATM where he withdrew $500 from Kira's account. He then went to a gas station and used her debit card to fill up his tank. The witnesses that they spoke to, including Destiny, also confirmed their suspicion of John. Destiny said that John was controlling and that Kira wasn't even allowed to go to the store by herself. She also said that John was physically abusive and that she had seen bruises on Kara on several occasions. And neighbors of theirs told Kara's family that 
They had seen John and another man carrying garbage bags out of the apartment. All of that information investigators had gathered led them to one conclusion, that John had killed Kara. Once he was arrested and charged for the murder, her family was relieved. Her father told ABC 15 that, quote, we believe from the beginning that he was involved, but without any information, we didn't want to put him out there as a bad person without knowing some facts. But their relief didn't last long. After his indictment on September 14th, a judge dismissed the case against John. The judge said that the prosecutors had failed to turn over certain legally required information during discovery. Now, the judge did allow for the prosecutors to refile the charges if they could provide that required information. And so in May 2019, John was indicted again. His trial was initially supposed to be February 2020, but then it was moved back to March and then April. But in late March, again, a judge dismissed the charges against John. The judge said that the prosecution had displayed quote-unquote extreme negligence when they did not provide evidence to the defense in a timely manner, and they had failed to follow up on tips provided by a quote-unquote silent witness. Kara's family was angry. This was now the second time that the charges had been dismissed. And at the time, they didn't know when he would be indicted again. In 2020, when the pandemic hit, many courts were closed and grand juries were unable to be convened. And so Kira's family and prosecutors would have to wait. Meanwhile, John was free. Although he was under court supervision from the identity theft and forgery charges, he was free. But Kira's family wasn't ready to give up. Even though the case was dismissed twice, they were determined for John to be brought to justice. The family requested that the case be moved from Maricopa County to Pinal County in light of the issues with the prosecutors. And because of that, the request was granted. And in January 2022, John was once again indicted for Kira's murder. And in August of 2022, four years after she was murdered, John's trial began. Now, prosecutors presented a case that painted John as a controlling, abusive boyfriend who killed Kara and dumped her body. In their opening statement, they said, quote, At the end of the trial, we're still not going to know exactly what happened to Kara, but medical examiners will tell you. Their findings and your common sense and all the other witnesses will tell you. This is not an accident. That's murder. But their case was mostly circumstantial. They had no DNA connecting John to Kira's death, and how she died was never able to be determined. John's defense attorney argued that there was no evidence connecting his client to Kira's murder. The trial ended on September 19th, and the jury took three days to deliberate. And on September 22nd, they announced that they had reached a verdict. Not guilty. John was acquitted on charges of second-degree murder and tampering with evidence. 
Kira's family was shocked. And witnesses inside the courtroom said that they were visibly upset. John left the courtroom after the verdict without speaking to the media. Kira's family, however, feels like the justice system failed them. Kirsten told Arizona Central that, quote, it's sad because if she was your daughter or your niece or your grandson, you wouldn't want them to be in that kind of relationship. Yet the people in power do nothing to change that. This same thing is happening over and over again. Because of double jeopardy, John can never be tried again for Kier's murder. And therefore, according to prosecutors, this case is essentially closed. And Kira's family is left without justice. I can't imagine the pain that the last four years has caused Kira's family. First, she goes missing, and then she's found dead. Her boyfriend is indicted three times before standing trial, and then a jury ultimately finds him not guilty. They not only lost their daughter and their sister, but they may also never get justice for her. After her death, Kiera's mom began dedicating her time to educating and bringing awareness about domestic violence. She hopes that it will save another young woman or a young man from falling victim to an abuser. Kiera's murder is ultimately an unsolved one. There were never any other suspects established that I could find, and with double jeopardy, even if they did find additional evidence against him, John can never be tried again. We may never know what really happened to Kara on August 4th, 2018, but we know she didn't deserve to die and be thrown away like garbage. Whoever was responsible may have escaped justice, but you can't escape karma. Makira Bergman, rest in peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. It also helps our show grow. As always, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.